Welcome to Sleepy Hollow. Hello and welcome back to Welcome to Sleepy Hollow podcast, your unofficial podcast all about the Fox TV show Sleepy Hollow. If you would like to get into contact with us, as some people have done this week, you can do so at our Tumblr. You can leave us a message there. At, our Tumblr is welcome to sleepyhollow.tumblr.com with the number two instead of the word. Our Twitter is at WTSH Podcast. And our email is welcome to sleepyhollow at gmail.com. So, Abby, how are you this week? Very tired, very exhausted. <laughs> Yeah. Very tired, very exhausted. <laughs> and, they're, and they're two very different things. I'm realizing that they're tired and exhausted. Like, I am mentally tired and, like, physically exhausted. So, like, my brain is sort of dead and my body is just, like, beat up. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I've discovered those two things are very different as well because, yeah, teaching, God, it's not easy. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, the reason you're tired and exhausted is because Abby was at New York Comic Con. How was that for you? There were more people at New York Comic Con than there were at San Diego. Let me explain you a thing. Seriously? What? Yes, that's it, it. Was there? There was nothing. There was nothing. I have been there like three years prior to this. There was nothing in the world that could have prepared me for this. Um. <laughs> And having to do coverage as press was probably, I think that probably exacerbated it as a nightmare. Um, I think it would have been a lot more fun to just go as a fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, They made some changes to accommodate for size, but they weren't enough. Um, The volunteers were super great. They were patient and sweet. Um, The security, not so much. Um, The panels were fun. Um, but there was just so many people and the lines were so long, uh, that it just, I really hope that they they like sort of get it together a little better for the size of, of the actual con. I don't think it was as organized as it should have been because you got there and it was just like, Thursday was supposed to be the calm day and Thursday was... I just knew Thursday that I was like, oh, God, this is going to be unlike anything I have ever experienced. And, like, my body's like, yep, yep. <laughs> it literally feels like I got in, a, like, a bar fight oh, for four no. days. Yeah. But, um, like I said, the panels are really fun. And you meet really awesome people. And the Sleepy Hollow goodies were great. So. Woo. <laughs> I skipped. Sounds like an experience. something that I probably have to do I mean London Comic Con is not this weekend but next weekend but my my mum's coming over from Ireland to see me so I'm not going but maybe next year okay yeah maybe maybe next year I'm taking her to see Wicked though which is kind of cool oh that's nice yeah Although she's buying dinner, because man, were those tickets expensive. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh dear. Okay, so let's get into our discussion for this week. This week we're going to be discussing episode three and episode four. Formal apologies for lack of uh, episode last week, but schedules were a bit hectic, and I think if we'd really, really tried, we might have squeezed it in, but it would have been to like the detriment of both our health. So (laughs) (laughs) it would have involved somebody already hugely busy uh, being up at stupid o'clock, and I just we just thought, nah, let's leave it. Leave it and do it when we're nice and well, nice and rested. But you're still suffering, so <laughs> I'm more rested. Okay, than I was before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So episode three, the Benedict Arnold coin. What was your overall thoughts on that episode? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I think that. This show has, like, it's clicked. Like, this is the episode that I really felt like it was okay to say this show is doing it right. Um, It sort of struggled with, like, we've talked about this balancing the serialized and procedural aspect, balancing screen time, um, properly developing um, each storyline that they have, Mm -hmm. each plot that they have running, um, and sort of, like, having consistency in terms of the writing from week to week because each episode has a different writer um and so they have their own style and their own tone and sometimes that was showing through and i really felt like episode three was i could safely say like this show has nailed it like it knows what it is and it sort of worked out its kinks and i was i was very excited and pleased with it yeah i would agree it, it was a very good episode. So we started off with Henry making a little carving. And we see that this is, or it was, a replica of Terry Tarn. Um, and we later on see in the episode that he's building a sort of miniature Sleepy Hollow. And I just wanted to know, what are your thoughts? Is he just, you know have a nice hobby to pass the time between orders from Moloch or is there something more sinister going on with that I think he's creating like like a little town where he can like control everybody yeah that's what I think that's what it seems like I would wholeheartedly agree or at the very least so that he knows the town inside out and can predict you know, where people are going to go if there's some sort of firefight or, yeah, just so that he has the upper hand. Um, so uh, we have Abby and Ichabod and we have them going to the bank again. And this is where we get introduced to the the big bad of this episode, which isn't actually a person, but rather a coin. But before we get to that, I've just I've written down a comment, and it's probably the most funny thing I have heard in an episode. And it was Fox casually name dropping their own show, Glee. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> it was um, the whole spiel about um, Abby trying to explain to Ichabod about homosexuality and how it's it's okay now and. 
that wasn't the point he was making. He was like, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I know about that. It's the hats. And then he casually says, <laughs> and also, I watched the finale of Glee. I died. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I just burst out laughing. It was so, so funny. But then things quickly, as they do in Sleepy Hollow, go from amusing to very, very serious. And we have the sort of standoff in the bank. And the scene with Abby sort of trying to talk down the Clark who had sort of snapped, or that's what it looked like. We later learned that was because she was under the influence of the coin. The shekel, I think it was. Um... But I saw a lovely gift set on Tumblr of all the different scenes of Abby trying to talk someone down from like a, a standoff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, to know sort of how you think about that. What what that says about Abby as a person that she's always the one trying to put a calm on the situation and talk down rather than just full on confrontation. I mean, I. I sort of love that about her. Um, I think that... How do I... How would I say this? Um, I think that there are sort of, like, tropes and stereotypes about her type of character specifically that make something like that not common. Um, And for her to, to be so sort of confident and in control um, to, to, to sort of be two steps ahead without actually knowing what's going to happen. Um, it's wonderfully reassuring uh, to have like to have that on the witness team. Um, you can sort of see in this, in this episode and, and you see it in previous episodes too, that it's sort of, almost necessary to have. Like, that personality trait of hers is so vital. Um, And in contrast, you know, I love that scene because, like I said, we get to see that in Abby. Um, But when you look at Reyes and you look at sort of how she responded to the situation, it's, it's quite jarring. Um, and it was slightly disturbing for me. I, I talked to a friend about it, and she seemed less put off by how quickly Reyes came in and just shot. But, like, Abby has such humanity, such sensitivity, such empathy, and patience. Um, and you s- see this other person sort of come in and, and Abby's in the middle of literally talking this person down. We think, okay, this might work. We've seen her do it before. She can do it again. And it's just sort of rudely interrupted. And then somebody ends up dying, you know, and it's, it puts uh, a levity, a gravity on the situation. Um, not just in terms of, of the struggle that Abby's sort of up against and Ichabod in terms of there's this whole town where all this, um, wild stuff happens and like nobody actually knows what's going on but them but also in terms of, of, of Reyes and her role coming up because she has to work closely with Abby she's got an eye on her and this woman is in charge of the police department for that sort of reaction to come into a situation 
you know, not even ask the person who is in control of the situation, by the way, because that's what was happening. Abby was charged with being in control of the situation um, without getting a good, you know, visual or, or even an update on what's happening in the bank to come in and shoot somebody point blank. That, I think, puts a lot of people in the town in danger. Um, and there are, there are things about Reyes that I really like, but this is something that I, I frightened me um, in a very realistic way um, and just sort of has me eager to see her again and see her back on screen. I, I kind of want to see where they're going with her because this she creates... She could. She has the potential to create a lot of serious issues and to make some of Abby's choices a lot harder. Um, so, I mean, I love that, that that's a part of Abby's personality, but I think that that scene was more about what's coming for Abby and more about Reyes as a character. Yeah. I mean, we, we as watchers, as viewers, probably realize that no matter how good... Abby is at talking someone down. We we didn't get to see the conclusion of that. And later on when she's doing it with Jenny, we don't get to see the conclusion of that. We don't get to see whether or not Abby's reasoning and logic would have been enough to overcome the power of the coin. So we as viewers probably think that um, maybe the outcome, it wasn't good, but it probably would have been the only outcome. Because I personally don't think Abby could have talked them out. Although I really would have liked to have seen either that one or the Jenny one, you know, reach a conclusion with just Abby rather than, uh, well, with, with Reyes, she <laughs> concluded that story rather quickly. Um, yeah. And then Ichabod um, sort of interrupted then later on. But yeah, it's. She she's very confident with a gun, Reyes. Almost too confident and too comfortable. It, it, yeah, I'm worried now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after that is sort of resolved-ish, we get um, the backstory about Benedict Arnold, and once again we have Ichabod in the middle of a real nugget of American history. I kind of I don't find it sort of hard to believe anymore like it's he's just going to appear everywhere I've, we've just come to that point where he's he's in everything, it's just a thing, let's move on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's, yeah like apparently Ichabod had convenient teleportation powers um, like yeah like I said, there are there are plot holes, there are continuity things, there are weird things like that. Um, that will just sort of be a part of the show. It's yeah. sort of the nature of the show. And so I, we have to get to a point where we're like, okay, I have to accept this as a thing. And I, and I, <laughs> I know that's hard for some people. I can understand why, but I mean, it's sort of in the nature of storytelling now. So, yes. Instead of getting like more and more annoyed, the more they use this plot device, 
I'm actually just getting more used to it and going, yeah, he was at that event. I totally believe that now. Oh, yeah, he helped out in that one. Yeah, sure. Fine. Let's go. (laughs) So what did you think about that story having the twist on it, having the... He he wasn't just the biggest betrayer in American history, but, you know, there was a an influence there and that um you know, there's these coins and there was the thirty pieces of silver as well with sort of the biblical ties as well, which I thought were quite interesting and clever, because we do have quite a few biblical ties, because there are more coming up in episode four. I love the biblical ties. I I love that aspect of the show. I thought that was really neat and a lot of fun. Um, I thought the coins, it was nice to sort of see them work with objects again versus people and monsters Mm -hmm. because I think that you know to be honest, objects feel like more of a threat. Like we weren't just dealing with one monster. We're dealing with 30 and we don't know where the other ones are. Um, so it'll, it allows for that, you know, sort of that procedural element to be serialized, right? So it'll, it'll follow through and it'll probably end up coming back. Um, I really liked what it did in terms of, um, bringing out character conflict and relationship conflict and sort of putting that at the forefront and letting us see how characters really feel and how they respond um, to certain things. I love seeing character motivations. I love seeing like possession things or alternate universe things. Um, and that was the coin sort of allowed that to happen in this episode. So yeah, I really like them. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think it was ever stated, but the coins appeared to be like Roman. Was it, was the, the, Again, because it's been two weeks since I properly watched the episode, I can't remember if it was ever stated, but was it implied that those were the same 30 pieces of silver? Um, I think. Okay. I like that. That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I, I wasn't quite sure, but I think it also meant that, like, the 30 pieces were still floating around in Sleepy Hollow? Or or was it just that one? Because multiple people... Did, did you have to hold on to the coin in order to be sort of, like, taken over? Um, I don't... Mm, I'm not sure, because we see the coin sort of calling to Jenny from the street. So... <clears throat> oh, but she still has the coin. That's the thing that happens at the end. She still has it. So we see multiple people leave that bank with that coin the bank teller dies the guy who blows up his father's store um and then jenny um so that's three coins but we don't know where the rest are i was under the impression that was all the same coin i was under the impression that the guy who left the bank had taken it from her like had picked it up after the gunfight and then once he was in prison his coin had been taken off him and Henry had come in and taken it back from the... Gotcha. So I was under the impression it was all the same coin, which does mean that we've still 29 other coins unaccounted for. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So, yeah. 
so my next question was going to be you know do you think we're going to see them again but i think you sort of addressed that and yeah i would agree with i do think we are definitely going to see those coins again because it's such a good it would be silly of the writers not to use that again at least once or twice more throughout the series yeah i agree i think it'd be a fun thing to see come back yeah it's such a clever thing uh then we cut to a scene of katrina uh, listening into abraham and henry sort of talking and in quite sharp words to each other about the plan and then we have Katrina kind of pleading to Henry about um, how she asks him how he's settling into their their house and he sort of completely <laughs> tries to put put her down but do you think Katrina's ever going to get through to Henry do we think that's like a viable thing or is Henry a lost cause I think John Noble wants that <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> I am not entirely sure if that will. I mean, like, I have no idea where they're going with Henry, to be honest. <laughs> um, I don't know if I really... I don't know how that essentially works. Um, <sighs> yeah, I, I think I kind of hope that doesn't happen, because I think it. what it ends up doing is, is it it's sort of realigned the focus of the show. Like, that's too much crane. Like, literally too much crane on one side. Um, I'm trying to think about how Henry would even get out of that deal with Moloch. Yeah. Like, how he, I mean, essentially, he's trapped. Um, I would be interested in seeing how they tried to um, amend that relationship. Henry is just so bitter um, and so comfortable in his bitterness that it's rather fun to watch. I don't know if I'd like to see him be good. Um, but, I, I mean, it's it's possible. Um, as for Katrina, I think I think ultimately I'm going to be someone who wants her to go evil only because I feel like it's the only way we're going to get to see her like sort of exist in the way that we were promised to see her. Like we still have no powers from her Mm -hmm. um, and and her role is as a mole, but she's she's got she's got a little bite. She's got a little snark. um, But there's still this whole like love triangle thing and she's still very like plot B. (laughs) Uh, Um, yeah, I actually kind of think that I see her going bad more than I see Henry going good, but I I mean like I have no idea what they planned. So I'd actually never considered Katrina sort of going bad, but I I think I agree. I think that would be very cool to see because that would put, an extra slice of conflict on the side of Team Witness because Ichabod, oh no, my wife is evil now, what do I do? I yeah, think, yeah. I, I think, you know, if she went evil, yeah, it would be a really good opportunity for us to finally see these powers we were, oh, so promised and never had delivered in season one. 
Yeah. <laughs> but we don't talk about that. We've talked about that enough, I think. So, yes. <laughs> moving on, we see Jenny is released for after a conversation with Rez about their mother and about what happened uh, back when uh, their mother was sort of in being in trouble with police and putting in put in the psych ward and she comes and she sort of it's revealed to Abby that Reyes was the one who put Laurie that's their mother in the psych ward so this leads yeah this leads to a really big confrontation between Abby and Jenny over who whether or not Reyes had that right I just want if there's a side to be had what one do you fall down on so are you more with Jenny or more with Abby oh (laughs) sorry I kind of sprung that on you um I think that relationships are really complicated (laughs) and I think that as someone who has a very different relationship with one family member than another family member has with that with that particular family member I don't think there is a right or wrong in this I think this is about what you know and the experiences that you've had um I think it's about you know our, our personalities and, and what do we value and how do we evaluate a situation. I think that Abby is a much more logical person. I think she has um, a different experience with law enforcement than Jenny does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she also... Abby had someone to fill the void. Jenny never did. Um, and so what Jenny believes is home and what she holds on to is going to be very different than what Abby thinks. Um, And I think that the age difference between them perhaps plays a little bit into that. Um, But I think that they are both 100% right, if if that makes sense, Mm. Um, because of of their differing experiences and the way they see things differently. I think the end of the episode showed us and not just showed us, but showed Abby that her, her mother wasn't everything that she was chalked up to be. Um, and I, and I guess, uh, well, I'm hoping that eventually the same will be said for, for Jenny, that they will learn more about who she actually was um, and what she was trying to do. I think that it's it's hard to pick a side when you you don't have any way of hearing anything straight from the actual source's mouth. Um, everything is secondhand. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think both girls are right. And I think that was a really fun thing to sort of see them work out um, and, in terms of bringing, bringing out their own personality and bringing up their family storyline, which I'm very excited to see more of. And it also showed us that they have a shared family trait in being very stubborn and standing up for 
you know, what they think is right. Because neither of them budge on that point, and that's why they have this, like, conflict in the middle of the episode. So yeah, I'm excited to see um, sort of the backstory on the Mills family to see what parent they take the stubbornness from. I think that would be mm. quite entertaining. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> we move on. We get introduced to the new character. We get introduced to Holly, our sort of treasure hunter, bounty hunter kind of guy. So how do, what do we think of Holly? I... I'm not quite sure what to make of him. Girl. <laughs> Girl, no. Look, okay, so there's not a lot that Ichabod and I are like, yes, agreed about, but like, yes, agreed <laughs> about Nick. Like, um, <laughs> you see this a bit more in episode four, but um, I my impression was that there was something between him and Jenny um, just because of that small conversation in like in, in the archive about uh, her not saying anything about him mm-hmm. um, it, it's very like Jenny in the sense of like yeah it's no big deal but it's also like Jenny doesn't really super talk about that stuff right yeah so she, she could very easily just like be playing it off because it's none of your business um I, oh God, he is, I think he is grossly charming, but I think he, his character is, um, disappointing. <laughs> like, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out if they're like trying to integrate him into team. I, I feel like when we talk about episode four, you'll see that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I don't trust him and, uh, I don't like some of his negative personality traits much i think that he can be fun and i think he's a good shot um so if you can give him to if you can get him to care about more than his money um he could be pretty darn useful um but outside of that he yeah i don't i don't know we'll see, we'll see how how things go with him i'm still sort of like in the middle, leaning on the negative end of the scale. I think he's just a troublemaker. And, and, and what ends up being, I think, most interesting is that uh, in episode four, we'll see, he sort of presents the same issue that Reyes does in episode three um, about knowledge and skill and not quite understanding everything that's going on and so creating more issues um, than they realize that could be potentially harmful. Yeah. I, without trying to get too much into the next episode, I initial impressions were I could take him or leave him. I can see where he can create interesting plot points and developments to storylines, but I can also see that we can quite easily not have him in the story and the story would still be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also, though, the first episode gave me the impression that he did know quite a bit more than he was letting on, but the second episode sort of made me reconsider Yeah. That. It was like, yeah. oh, so you don't know what's going on. You're, you're completely in the dark about all this. I don't know if I believe you or I don't know if... I read you wrong in the first episode. I, ooh. 
Yeah, mixed signals about how much he knows or how much he doesn't. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see what happens to Holly in the future. Um, uh, we did get an interesting feedback about sort of Reyes and Jenny together. We got it on Anon on Tumblr, and it was basically... What do we think about the parallels between Jenny and her mother? Because they're both sort of haunted by demons for years and they were both sort of put in psych. So the anonymous who left feedback wanted to sort of know what we thought about that, sort of what we thought about the parallels. Do we think maybe Jenny's destined for a similar fate or do we think Jenny is much more in control than her mother ever was? The la- the former is like the worst thing to think ever. Like, <laughs> like no, I I mean I think it's like when when you think about the parallels, I think it's sort of beautiful in the sense that Jenny has that connection with her mother, um, that she literally put herself away to protect Abby, like. Which is the same thing that their mother did. She put herself away to protect them. Um, And while I think this this is heroic, like I also need the Mills ladies to chill out with the (laughs) Um, self-sacrificing. Like I feel like this is (laughs) this is one of like their weaknesses. I mean, it's also a strength, right? But it's sort of a weakness too because. You, you can't, you're important, you're necessary. And this idea that you, you sort of let the world turn on you for the greater good, you sort of neglect that you're important to other people and that you are other people's good. You know, we look at the way Katrina responds to Henry. We look at the way Ichabod responds to Katrina, this weird warped triangle of of hope and um, expectation and disappointment um, and loss and it's really rather tragic. Um, I I I just sort of hope that no things don't end up the same way for Jenny. Um, I I would. I would hate to see Jenny go and I would hate to see Abby lose that part of herself again, because I think it's very, very important that she keep it um, and, and get closer to it. Yeah. I hope that sort of clears up our thoughts on uh, what Anon asked. Um, And then sort of the second piece of feedback sort of feeds into the, last portion of the episode and that is sort of Abby and Jenny facing off and the second anonymous on Tumblr they wanted to know what we thought about the dynamic between the sisters that even in Jenny's darkest moments Jenny didn't want to hurt Abby because whenever we look at whenever I saw the the trailer for that episode I thought that's what was going to happen I was expecting that to be that she was going to be threatening Abby at some point, but it was never Abby. It was always just Reyes. 
Okay. Okay. Let me try not to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because, like, I adored this scene, like, from my core. Um... The fact that they have been separated, the fact that they still sort of have uh, quips and that they, there is still some sort of resentment and disagreement, but that at the end of the day, like, these... Jenny would go after Reyes. Like, Jenny could not... Even with, with them disagreeing about their mother, that Abby... Jenny loves Abby so much that she could never even be the target. She could she could never hate or be angry enough at her sister for her to become a target, like, which is the exact opposite of what's going on in the Crane family drama. Like, <laughs> that they have that sort of bond that transcends evil, um, transcends the supernatural things out of their control. Um, it's, oh my God, it's like, oh my God, cosmic love, like... <laughs> let's twirl in a field of flowers because it's so fantastic to see two women on television in this sort of relationship it being this important um them going to these lengths we don't usually see that and to see them both be heroes and be flawed but but still not be seen as weak because of this bond that this bond actually makes them stronger um and to see that through that love can sort of conquer everything. It's I, I thought that that scene was fantastic and it was beautiful and I loved everything that they did with it. Yeah, I agree. And it sort of, there was a nice sort of parallel to earlier in the episode when Abby was trying to talk down the, the woman in the bank. And um, although Ichabod interrupts and knocks Jenny over, do you think if that scene was left to play out without interruption that Abby and Jenny would have sort of overcome the power of the coin? Um, that's in- that's an interesting question. Um, I think that ooh, okay. Um, I'm gonna say yes. I want to say yes. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like the supernatural stuff is like super powerful. Um, I want to say yes, but I also, I feel like the interruption was indicative of the show kind of better building the team dynamic between Abby and Ichabod. Like, they are starting to... It's not like, oh, Abby saves the day or Ichabod saves the day. This is genuine teamwork. Um, They step up when they need to, and they can't really do anything without each other. In the same way that Ichabod needs Abby to, you know, sort of snap him back from this Katrina, like, near-deadly Katrina obsession, like... Ichabod needed to be there for Abby. I mean, Abby put herself in front of Jenny's gun. Mm-hmm. And not to say that, that Abby, that Jenny doesn't love Abby, but like she is under some otherworldly powers control. And, and Abby literally would have taken that bullet. And that's not okay. Like it's, it's not okay for Abby. She's a witness too. Like in the same way that Ichabod was sort of reckless with his life. Sometimes Abby can, can be that too. Um, and, you 
we needed somebody else to be like the other half of the anchor to prevent something like that from happening. Um, but yeah, I do. I do. I think that if he hadn't interrupted, I mean, I like, like I said, I'd like to say yes, but I'm honestly not even sure because I don't think that was the function of the scene. If that makes sense. Like I yeah. think the scene had a particular function. Um, in terms of development for the characters um, and, and the plots involved. And so I don't think that that was the point. But, I, I mean, like I said, I would like to think that Abby would have done it. I Perhaps this is part of her power. Yeah. That is very, very true and very well said. Uh, last thing I have done here is... What do we think about Reyes giving Abby the files on her mother? Sort of under the table sort of if if we get caught this never happened kind of thing what do we think about Reyes because I I don't know I'm I get sort of I like her much more than I like the character of Holly but again I'm not quite sure where she lies on the sort of spectrum of a bad or good helpful character she's she keeps jumping around for me I think she's a good character in the sense that if we had to pick like teams, like would she be like team humanity or like team demon face? Like she's obviously <laughs> team humanity. Yeah. Um, but like I said, she, her literalness um, and her ignorance about what's going on make create tension for Abby and for Ichabod. Um, I think that she is well-intentioned. Um, I think that there are good parts to her, but I also think that her drive is dangerous. Like we, like what she did to Frank was not even mildly okay. Yeah. What she did in Terrytown, like it wasn't okay. There was nothing okay about that. My feelings about her shooting that woman in the bank, not okay. Like, but it's like, like, I think it's a personality thing um, and not a like a good or bad thing. I think she's a character who is existing in a world where we know everything and she knows nothing. And so she makes decisions that seem really, really bad and that ultimately are really, really bad. But like, would you make a different decision if you if you were in her shoes? Yeah. You know what I mean, if you dealt with the world the way she has. And, and lived in a world the way she has seen it, would we make different choices? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I agree about the Holly thing. Like, I feel like um, that she serves a greater purpose than Nick does at this point. Like, she is our key to Abby's past. And I feel like Abby's past can tell us a lot about where Abby's going. Um, so, and, and sort of like unlocking what Moloch plans were and have been um and i and and nick is sort of just like he's this hot dirty guy that likes to come in and and smart he's smarmy and he likes to charm us and then he likes to like break our hearts and make us hate him (laughs) (laughs) okay so that is it for episode three unless you have anything else that you wanted to pick up on because i have sort of skipped around quite a bit 
I just, I like, I just wanted to say that, like, Tom and Nicole, and I wrote this in my review, like, Tom and Nicole are so incredible as actors. And this is an episode that I just sort of went, like, I've talked about them together. Um, and I've sometimes talked about them individually, but this episode, like, the nuance and the emotion um, and, and the character building, like, who, what they bring to these characters, watching them is such a, like, it's a, like this beautiful treat that I get to have every week. And I felt like their performances in this episode in particular were extremely strong. And I was just sort of like, you know, watching them going, wow, like I don't understand why they will never get an Emmy win. Like it doesn't, I mean, like it, I understand it and I understand the politics of it, yeah. but watching them work within this context and be so good I was I was just like heart eyes blown away at <laughs> their talent. They are they are so good at this, and like I, we are so lucky to have them leading the show. That it's just oh my god, they're so great, they're so amazing. <laughs> yeah, they have sort of these facial expressions and the way they hold themselves, delivering lines, and just it's so believable when you're watching them acting this out with any other actors I feel this show could easily be very sort of uh, what's the phrase uh, slapstick yeah 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 it could be very heavily comedic and oh danger oh running from ghosts very scooby-doo but in the sort of the more comical sense than the more uh looking for a baddie every episode kind of sense yeah, you can really see, like, when I watch Nicole, I go, oh, okay, I understand why Juilliard called her. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you watch her performance, and she, oh, how natural. Like, sometimes actors, you know, they have, like, one emotion, and, like, they get, like, shock face, you know, <laughs> like, but she's so nuanced with her emotion, they're, you see, it's literally like the character is alive. Like, you see this character learning and understanding things in the moment. And so there's not just one emotion, there's like five, because there's a thought process, and you're literally seeing it happen with her. And you can hear this emotion, and you feel these connections, and you feel very connected to her. She's very, she is so human and so empathetic, and I just, I love that about Nicole, that she makes this character feel so alive. Um, and you know, you look at Tom and like, one of my favorite things about Tom's acting is that he's so physical. And I feel like a lot of it comes from the fact that he did stage. Mm-hmm. Like the, when you're in the, like stage acting is sort of, they say is the actor's fear because it relies so heavily on them to create the world and sustain it while people are watching and you see his physicality and you see his sense of timing um he is very Ichabod is a very subtle character in terms of like emotion particularly like darker emotions um uh but he's very the thing is he's very big tom is very big with everything that he does um and and so you see it physically manifest not just like in his face or his voice but in his body in a very cool way that sort of makes a makes us character that could be one dimensional, very three dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like the 
basically they have mad skills and like <laughs> i'm gonna cry for the next four years because the show's gonna be on for another four years and they're never they're never gonna get an emmy win and it's just gonna break my heart because they deserve it yeah they, they definitely are it, it just sleepy hollow wouldn't be sleepy hollow without either of those two and i have this wonderful i don't like to use the word chemistry because it then implies something more than platonic but I, they just have a wonderful chemistry together and it just it works so well i don't show. think you know what i don't think chemistry does i mean like i think people use it as that a lot but like when I talk about, or when I podcast on being human, I talk a lot about the chemistry between the four leads, and most of that was platonic. A large part of that was platonic, and yet this was sort of like do or die. You know, I think that we're so conditioned to seeing, or being told to only care about romantic relationships. Yeah. But, like, when we think about our own lives, and we think about the people that matter to us, and the people that move us, um, um, that inspire us, the people that we love, they're often platonic or familiar, familial relationships. They're often not the romantic ones. Like, romance is very built up. It's very fairy tale in TV. But, you know, like, I just have this thing, like, Ichabod, protect Abby at all costs. You know, like, um, there's, and it's, it has nothing to do with the romantic aspect of it. It is this bond that they've built that he came to this world and he convinced her to do this. And, and so there's a level of care that I aspire for him to have for her. And, and vice versa, that I feel like she does have. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I feel like chemistry is an okay word to say when you talk about people outside of romance. Okay. So, episode four. What was your initial thoughts on episode four, then? Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the first three episodes. Um, and I think that's just because I'm a, I'm a serial lover. Like, I love serialized shows. And the first three episodes were heavily serialized. Like, I think this episode would have been a really strong episode in season one. Yeah. Where the procedural aspect of it, um, of the show was really strong. Um, but, like... I mean, it was fun. I had fun. Do not get me wrong. Like, this was a fun episode. There were some really great moments, and there was some awesome team building. But I do, I like I said, I'm a fan of the ensemble, and I like seeing plot lines mix and jump around um, and do it well. And this was sort of like case of the week, we kill the monster, and then we move on. You know, everything else sort of got put on hold. Everything else that had been building the first three episodes were sort of like, stop, um, let's kill this monster, and then let's go do our thing. Actually, oddly enough, it felt a little bit like filler. Yeah, I was going to use that phrase. It's like, it. Not, not usually filler gets stamped on the episodes that, that are quite bad, and I wouldn't by any stretch of the imagination call this episode a bad episode, but it did, coming off the first three being so strong, it did feel a bit sort of... Um, formulated sort of here's the problem here's the resolution to the problem next episode please yeah yeah um it you could see that it sort of bridged it sort of answered some questions for frank i think it was really big for frank yeah um i think it was really great again at showing i didn't feel this in season one but i i feel it now that 
Abby and Ichabod are a team. They defeat things as a team, right? There's no, like, this person gets more kills than this one. It's not like Mortal Kombat, you know? Like, and you're like, wow, <laughs> yeah. that character's sort of weak. Like, I feel like they have moved and fitted more into the respective roles and one of them may be more of a fighter than the other while the other one is more sort of like a the resource and and uh the knowledge base than the other but like they can still switch off you know they're not like caged in by that um and they still know how to like like to be a team and i think that's so important that they've i don't think it's I don't actually. I don't think the writing is paying enough attention to it. I don't. I don't think it's bringing enough attention to the fact that Abby and Ichabod are like team status right now in a way that they haven't been before. Um, so I felt like it was good for that. But um, other than the boo and the awesome monster effects, um, I was sort of thick about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I definitely agree. So our, our our big bad of this episode, our monster of the week, was the Pied Piper. And they put a sort of twist on the story um, in that it was linked into a curse put on a family. Um, so what did you think of our Pied Piper? And I thought the, chi- the fluke made out of a child's bone was deeply disturbing on so uh, many levels. Like, like, and when Nick was talking about, like, how each child bone, each child's bones has a different effect. I was like, come on now, y'all. Come on, come on. <laughs> These are babies. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> this is prime time television. Come, this is not The Walking Dead at 10. <laughs> like, okay. Like, we need to have a conversation about how creepy you can actually get. I mean, the, the concept was really sort of frightening. Like, when you thought about it. Um, again, they took something that we know. And they put a twist on it. And I love, I mean, I really loved the way the monster looked. I thought the monster was fantastic. And I liked his backstory. Um, but like, yeah, the children thing. Remember when we were talking about episode 102? And about yes. how far this show might go in terms of I was darkness and children. I was literally just thinking the same thing. Like, <laughs> do, do I bring this, do we link this back to 102? Yeah. I think that this show was saying that it's not afraid to go there. Yeah. No, um, I definitely agree. And so it's sort of like The Walking Dead that you sort of have to, like, acquire. You have to get comfortable with the fact that this is sort of the thing that's a part of the show. Um, You know, that there are children who die. And that's sort of life, you know, that there are children who die, and they die rather brutally. And it's terrible, and it's disturbing, but, like, that's what it is, you know? Um, Yeah, I agree. The bone thing was hella weird. (laughs) Uh, I have an interesting point written down here, and it sort of links back to last episode, because we we finished off as the coin was sort of knocked from Jenny's pocket. Um, we see Abby kind of called by it, shall we say? Um, <laughs> and then in this episode, she was susceptible to the pipe music. Do we think that there's some sort of connection there? Is Abby sort of susceptible to more than anyone else sort of because Ichabod doesn't seem to be affected he wasn't affected by the coin as far as we know and he wasn't affected by the music so what's going on there well I mean I think that's I think yes I think that there's something special about Abby I think that Moloch went after her and wanted her soul in particular you know like that's who he wanted in purgatory it wasn't Ichabod's soul he wanted Abby's soul Abby has sort of 
it's clear that, you know, she can sort of see things and like she has this connection. I think part of that is because of what happened to her in the woods. Um, she has like the sixth sense um, and it's sort of a, a way of tuning into that World War Ichabod has this immense knowledge base about the plants and the tools that they need. Abby is sort of that that and I think she's sort of embracing the fact that she's this weird key to getting to the other side. You know, to like sort of seeing what's going on on the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, that Ichabod sort of isn't. I, I'm actually sort of interested in like they sort of dropped this, this idea that there were witnessy powers. And I would really like them to touch on this again and, and sort of like what explicitly are Abby's powers and what explicitly are Ichabod's? Like, what does it mean to be a witness other than knowing how to shoot a gun to distract a monster and stab him in, you know what I mean? Like, chase him down a well and sword fight him and then stab him. Like, is that all you need to be a witness? Because I feel like it's, you need so much more. (laughs) Like, there's a reason that you're called for this. There's a reason that they were both chosen and I sort of want to know what that is. Yeah, I just sort of to get some insight as to to why because it doesn't seem to be a very helpful thing well at least with the two instances we've seen of sort of being called to the coin and then being sort of called by the the piper the song the flute it doesn't seem to be very useful it seems to be more of a hindrance than a help so yeah it would be interesting to know if that's something that they're going to delve deeper into or if it's just I don't know. It it feels very deliberate, so I don't know why they wouldn't go back to it and revisit it. I think it's interesting that they're doing this stuff around the t- same time that they're bringing in um, Lori Mills, Ma- Mama Mills, yeah. her, her presence. I think that perhaps that this is sort of a link. And the way that Jenny has a link to her mother, Abby also has a link to her mother. Um and so, again, this is sort of flushing out characters in their backstory and, and building a solid mythology that incorporates your character. This is universe building. Um, yeah, I do, I do feel like it's very deliberate. And I'm hoping that we learn a little bit more coming up. Yes, fingers crossed for more on that. Um, Holly, we, we touched on the last episode and we sort of... I think we, we... Well, I've said all I need to say about him, that I'm not fussed either way I'm not particularly in favour or dislike him just I kind of get the feeling does he need to be there like is he a positive you know is screen time being spent on Nicholas Holly that could be spent with Irving could be spent with even Katrina and Abraham or with Henry or Jenny I literally had this conversation with somebody. I said, everything that we got from Nick, we could have essentially gotten from Jenny. Like, Jenny has this knowledge base as well. Um, Thinking about her her backstory and how they set her up, there was no Jenny in the episode, right? But we have Nick, and I'm like, what are we... I feel like he's just there for the sake of it at this point. It's really sort of... He's... I recall reading somebody say that Reyes, they were they were uncertain about Reyes because she felt like she was tension for tension's sake. And they have a bigger plot, 
to be paying attention to. Um, and I sort of feel like Nick is that. Yeah. Like, he stirs up the dirt to stir up the dirt. It's not like there is a purpose. Um, and it's weird because he's here and he's got this huge presence. But, like, you look at Andy and you look at sort of how he was written and developed. And then you look at Luke and sort of how Luke was written and developed. You even look at Katrina and how she was written and developed. And, like, this dude is, has, in his first two episodes, legit got more screen time than, than most of them. Yeah. Like, in their first goes. So you're like, what exactly are you doing? Is he going to be another horseman? Like, what is his role? I And, and I'm going to say this, like, I like Matt Barr, but, like, I didn't like the fact that there was, like, three Amigos set up with him, Ichabod, and Abby. Like, I was like, no. Like, son, he's not third Amigo. Like, <laughs> not at all. Like, let's not even pretend it. That's thing. Like, in my review, I think I wrote, like, the two Amigos and the third wheel. And I was very, very I wrote that because it, it there's, I, do we have time to, like, convince him that crap goes down? Like, why are we investing in him? I think that's the thing that I want to know. And I think that they should hit on that really soon. Why are we spending time investing in a character um, like this? I know that Reyes, her point, she essentially brings Abby's backstory and her mother. Like, at, at the basic, if, if I had to say something, that is what she's there for. I look at Holly and I go, oh, you're here to give bones to Henry. <laughs> like, that's what she's for. You know, um... And that's a literal bone. We're not, we're not using a euphemism here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Girl. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, like, it's just... Uh, I want more intent, deliberate intent with him. Yeah. So, yeah. I think... Yeah, I totally agree. The need... They need to show why he's relevant, and they need to do it fast before we completely lose our interest. Because it, if if they don't do it quickly, I think it's going to turn into another Katrina, where it's like, what is the point of this character? But even at, even at that, yeah, Katrina, except Katrina had the purpose of being sort of Ichabod's motive, whereas Holly doesn't even have that right. at this stage. He literally, there's no, no. saving grace. And, like, he brings, I, and I hate to say this, but, like, he brings nothing. If I was looking at him in terms of being a, a team member, he brings nothing to the table that isn't already there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we have somebody who has a knowledge base of monsters and history, Ichabod. We have someone who's a well-trained fighter who is, who is far more heroic than he is and loyal and honorable, and that is Abby. We have someone who has the mix of knowledge um, and connections uh, to bring to the fighting table, that's Jenny. Um, Irving sort of locked up, um, and so in a way I feel like Reyes sort of perhaps could fill his role while he's gone, but, you know, Nick doesn't... What what is How is he a part of the team? Even Katrina could bring more to the team. Andy could have brought more to the team, you know? Um, so, like, meh, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Irving, we get sort of a vision of him. We get a vision of him going all... It was almost comical, because I know how much Orlando Jones would have enjoyed filming that. Like, I can just... He would, yes. he would have been a little boy in 
a comic book store filming that, it would have just been amazing to watch. Oh, but yeah, so we get him being this kind of just soldier for Team Bad. And it looks like this is what he signed his soul away for. Are we worried? I'm worried. Um, I think that... <sighs> okay, so I was talking to one of my friends on Tumblr about this, and she brought up something that, you know, we need Irving on our side, and this is potentially dangerous what Henry is doing. But she said that there is a loophole, and it's very simple. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's very simple, so they won't do that. And then I had a conversation with my mother about this. And we talked about sort of the character's backstory and his relationship with higher powers. My friend said that in order to get out of his contract with Henry, all he has to do is renounce Moloch and accept God. Here's the thing. Frank doesn't trust or believe in God. After what happened to his daughter, he has a very, very strained relationship with God. And so this idea that he's been chosen, and this is his duty, and now he's sort of trapped. And can he accept and have faith in something that has clearly and continually not had his back and seems to just actually bring him harm? Can he sort of grow and accept that thing. Does he have the power? I think it's very interesting that you look at Frank and you look at Ichabod and sort of struggle with the same thing. Do they pick their family or do they pick their duty? Um, And I think in a way that they didn't do with Ichabod, in a way that they did beautifully with Frank, and I talked about this, we talked about this in 113 finale podcast, that he did both in this really amazing way. And you see that he is... He is strong of heart, of will. He is loyal, and he is noble. And these are all things that you want, like, like on your A-team. Like, if I'm God, I'm going, yeah, that's <laughs> what I want on my A-team. Um, you know, and, and so he's in this weird place where I think he's scared and he's alone. And he's going to have to make some really, God, some really tough decisions. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, how we had Abraham with Katrina and Abby and Ichabod, and he chose her. Da, da, da. You also have Henry playing with Frank, you know, and, like, they put you here, and they haven't got you out. And I'm the one who's protecting your family. This idea that Frank might be swayed, and, like, that's the last thing that I want for him, ever. <laughs> like, I don't want that for Frank. And I, and I believe, for the very large part, Frank will not be swayed, but there's just this tiny bit of me that's like, please, please, please don't listen to this crap. Like, I know this is really hard, and I know you're going through terrible things, and it's not right, and it's not fair, but please, Frank, be everything that I know you can be. (laughs) um, It'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting and fun um, to see where they take him. And it's, it's interesting that Henry is trying to sway him, because if there was no way for him to get out of that contract, then there would be no point in Henry trying to swear him. Irving would have to do everything that he said, no matter what he actually thought. Whereas the him trying to persuade him brings up this idea that Frank does have a choice. Frank can 
choose not to by whatever way if that is the the theory that it's he has to accept God and renounce Moloch so it because I, I picked up on that point and I was like you know Henry wouldn't bother if this was a foregone conclusion if this was a sign sealed you're mine now tough luck there'd be no point in him going persuading him trying to turn him against Abby and Ichabod or using his family I just oh when he was talking about taking the money away and taking Maisie's uh, healthcare stuff oh I got very cross I got very cross bad Henry bad Henry oh yeah yeah. Yeah, so Henry I, is a trip because I, I, I've been talking to people about this. He's like simultaneously like bitter and angsty, but like also like he doesn't care. Like yeah. He's like so flippant, you know, that he's this weird, and you're just sort of like, what, Henry, what is going on? And then the whole burning of the bed, like, do you want to be good? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Henry, what is going on in your mind? I don't know. But. And then the episode finishes with him crushing the creepy child bone pipe into dust. <laughs> and then going, perfect. Yes, this will work again. just fine. What? <laughs> what? Oh. Oh, man. Henry. Henry. Yeah. So, <laughs> very little about the actual plot of episode four I think I think the way things have worked out is probably for the best us doing the two episodes at once because I feel like we would have struggled I think to get a decent length of episode out of number four because the plot was fine the, about yeah perhaps I mean the, the storyline about the daughter and the curse it was interesting but I wasn't very invested in it now you're the one with the phone that's going off um yes yes <laughs> i'm so sorry guys um <laughs> you totally heard that it's on my brain i'm so sorry um i feel like i don't know like there were really funny like first of all we got to see Ichabod drive <laughs> oh i completely God. forgot uh, that was an amazing opening yeah it was fantastic, and oh my god, like, their witty banter back and forth, like, oh my god. Like, it's so it could be, and it's, like, both, like, cute it could be, but also, like, implication it could be, and I'm always like, stop. Stop right now. Don't <laughs> um, stop, don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, basically. Sorry, not sorry. Um, it's, yeah, that, like I said, that was really fun. I think that there were a lot of fun, you know, Ichabod hilarity moments um and i and i love that about him um yeah there were there were all of like the strappings of good sleepy hollow were there but they had just come off of a three episode like high and so for me it felt sort of like middling versus like a um it was more like the b it wasn't bad but it wasn't like the greatest thing it's ever been so yeah. B minus. B minus. <laughs> that's your official. That's your official go. B minus. Yeah. Okay. Even though we, we <laughs> even though we don't have minus and positives on our grading, it's just straight letters. Not that that's relevant, but 
the the one thing I think I've I've made a point of it here. I think the one the one redeeming fact about Holly so far is I do quite like his nicknames for Ichabod. Just he, oh my god, he called him he called him Lord. <laughs> I, I had to rewind it because I was I had to rewind because I couldn't. I was like, did he just call him Pride and Prejudice? Nah, I must have heard that wrong. There's no way he just called... Nope. He just called him Pride and Prejudice. He also called him Shakespeare at one point. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yes. I live for these moments. And I also, like, super live for Ichabod's, like, bitter stares. Like, he's just, like, his, his mood around yeah. Nick. He's, his face is just so... <laughs> his, his so dumb so face. Fantastic. And I truly feel it. Yes, yes. Like there was there was a gift set that went out that was like like it's again it's you again, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Like yeah, and I was like I know, like I I feel this way. It's Nick again. <laughs> what are we gonna do with this guy? Um Right. Do we have any more to discuss about episode four? Or are you No, I'm really so at the I'm really excited for five, actually. Um, the Some of the EPs that were at the Sleepy Hollow Press Hour at New York Comic Con said that, um, well, actually it was one of the writers, said that his favorite monster was the Weeping Woman that's coming up. Ooh. Um, and I was like, ooh, okay, fun, exciting. I was very excited to see that, so. Have you seen the trailer? No, I have not. I have not seen the trailer. I literally just got back from New York, like, yesterday morning, and I was running around doing errands and, like, trying to de-swell my feet. And, like, I know <laughs> Supergirl, but I was on my feet for about 16 hours for, like, four days in a row. Um, it was really intense. So, like, I came back and I just sort of relaxed everything. Um, but, yeah, I'll have to see it. I haven't seen it, so that monster does sound really interesting. Yes, it's Ichabod's old flame. Oh. By the way, the lady that he dumped uh, for Katrina. <laughs> oh, so he was otherwise connected whenever he met Katrina. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Which is, the which is sort of funny. Thickens. The plot thickens. thickens, yeah. I explained that to my mom, and my mom was like, are they purposely like trying to make out Ichabod out like a pimp or something? Like... <laughs> Like, was he, like, supposed to be super, like, the it guy when he was alive, like, the first time around? I am like, I think so. I think he's supposed to be, you know, good pickings. I can see why. everybody wanted a piece of Ichabod. Yeah! Everybody, everybody still wants a piece of Ichabod. <laughs> oh, man. It's fantastic. The show's fantastic. I love it. Okay, um... So that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you want to, as some people did, weigh in on our discussions, you can do so. The reminder of our contact details. You can find us on Tumblr at welcometosleepyhollow.tumblr.com. If you want to get in contact on Twitter, it's at WTSH podcast. And if you want to email, it is welcometosleepyhollow at gmail.com. So, Avi... I'll let you get back to your resting, your recovery from Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my resting will uh, consist of studying for tests and doing homework and cleaning. <laughs> that doesn't sound like no much rest. resting. <laughs> no, no rest for the wicked. <laughs> yeah, I I know the feeling. 
whenever you you were like I'm running an hour late can we delay until four I was like excellent I can hoover my carpets (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, smell of adult yes exactly (laughs) okay so we'll see you next week but for now bye bye Bye. Came from the sun.